0: That's one of my favorites that Danny does. And I tell you, we feel that. Here we are in a brand new year, and we look back over 2013, and I tell you, if you're like me, you see times where you just fell flat on your face for the Lord, and uh, you fell flat on your face doing things you know you, you should do and things you shouldn't do. And, and sometimes we can feel like, man, it's just this battle is, is so hard. And as he just saying, he never promised that the cross wouldn't get heavy. and times it does get heavy. But the thing, an amazing thing about God is he said, I'll be there with you. I'm going to give you strength and I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be there for you. And so you may be sitting here this morning going, oh my goodness, another new year. Another time to just go through all that mess I went through last year. And I really can't get excited like some of these folks are about a brand new year. But I'm telling you, when you look at what God is doing, and most of all, back off and just like what we just sang about, Look at our God and how awesome he is and greater. And then he's undescribable, indescribable, and the things that he does. And then 10,000 reasons. I'm just going to say, Lord, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and worship his holy name. We realize how great he is, guys. And it should put a fire back in our belly and in our soul to say, let's go out in 2014 and just continue to spread the light, continue to do what God says. And some, someday we can say, like Paul, I've ran the race and I've fought the fight. I've kept the faith. And I'm ready to be offered up because I've done what God asked me to do. So I'm excited about the new year, amen? I'm ready to get going. I love the words in that 10,000 reasons. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning. And that's the way it is with a new year. Sun's up, it's a, the calendar's flipped, we're five days in. It's time to sing your song again. See, that's the thing with serving the Lord. And it's, it's, it's one of the difficult things when you look at people coming into ministry and people coming on board to help and different things sometimes we kind of get you know well i've done it for a year or i've done it for two years or i've done it for 12 years or i've done it for 25 years and we go well, i'm just tired and i understand that i understand getting weary i understand needing to be recharged and you know even jesus got away to himself and recharged his batteries but guys the thing we have to remember that we must press on There's still people that need to know about Jesus. There's still ministry to do. There's still things to do. So it's time to sing your song again. It's time to just keep on proclaiming Jesus. Then it says, whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be seen when the evening comes. I love that, man. Let me be praising you no matter what comes my way, no matter what I come up against, whatever I fail or don't fail to do, whatever it is, Lord, may I just keep on and let you find me singing when the evening comes. When it's my time to go, let me be singing the praises of you. And not over in a hole somewhere, not over cowered down, not over all defeated. And there's a lot of sinners, I mean, a lot of uh, Christians on the sidelines today that's just let the devil and their life and their past just defeat them. And guys, listen to me. We serve a God of forgiveness. We serve a God of new life. We serve a God that can raise you up through the worst of your times. There's men and women of the Bible over and over and over and over that just did terrible things. But God raised them back up, washed them white as snow, and set them up there to do wonderful works for him. And he can do the same for you because my God does not change. Amen? He does not change. Woo! It's going to be good today. All right, let's look at John 14. John 14. And we talked about John 13 last week. And it's amazing talking about that, talking about failing and getting up, failing and getting up. And you remember what Brother Ron preached back in the the revival in September? The just shall live by faith. And that's the way we do. When we fall down, when we stumble, when we just flat out mess up, we get ourselves up. The just, we're saved. The just get up shall live. We keep on and we live by the faith of Jesus Christ and what he can do in us. Here we see at the end of 13, it's not up here, guys, but I want to just read... What was half 13 closed It said, then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? You remember him and Peter were talking and Peter's, you know, first of all, Peter said, Lord, I don't want you to wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, if I can't wash your feet, then you can't be a part of me. And he said, well, just give me a bath. Okay, just wash me all over. And then later on, Peter said, Lord, I'll die for you. Lord, I'll, I'll go do whatever you want me to do. And then it comes to this point. Will you really lay down your life for me? Jesus says very truly i tell you before the rooster crows you will disown me three times man you leave that verse and we left there last week and we're going man man here we are we seem like we failed and peter's got to be feeling like he failed but then here comes chapter 14 and just like our god always does even though we fail and even in our human self and our our carnal self and our old ungodly self we we do the worst things He just says, hey, wait a minute, here I come, and I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to set you back on a solid rock. Listen to the start of 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Guys, listen to me. You may be sitting there this morning, and whatever you're facing in the next week, months, this whole year, this message is for you. This message is for the believers. This message was for the, the disciples at that time. I believe that for sure because they're trying to understand everything going on. And Jesus is saying, I'm not going to be with you much longer. I've got to go pretty soon. I've, I've got something I've got to do. And I'm not going to be here much longer. And they're trying to grasp that. They're trying to put their brain around that. But he says this. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Settle down just a minute. Everybody take a deep breath and realize who's doing the holding." Isn't it good to know God's doing the holding? Amen? No matter what we face. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, Jesus said. You believe in God, which you can't see at this time, but you believe in me. You can see me. You can see what I'm about to do. Now, we know this was fully God and fully man, but at this time, he was Jesus Christ in in, in bodily form. He was about to go to the cross. Let not your hearts be troubled. Verse end of 13, what did he say? You're going to deny me. You're going to mess up. And then it comes into a new discourse and he begins to continue to teach. And I'm sure Peter's still thinking about what did he just say? He said, I'm going to deny him before morning. And he's just mulling this over in his mind and trying to get, understand it all. And then all of a sudden Jesus just kind of switches gears on him and says, but don't let your hearts be troubled. And I say that to you this morning, whatever you're facing in 2014, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms and I know y'all love to hear many mansions, okay? Many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? You know what I like about that? There's room for everybody that will believe in Jesus Christ. There's room for everyone. I go to prepare a place. In my father's house, there's a bunch of places. There's mansions, there's rooms, whatever you want to call it. Whatever it is, guys, I'm telling you, what's the old story? Just give me a a cabin in the middle of Glory Land. Just give me a little shack over there. But as long as I'm with Jesus Christ, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And there's plenty of room. There's room for everyone. I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should have eternal life. There's plenty of room. It's a prepared place for prepared hearts. He's preparing it for us. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. As I said, it's a prepared place for prepared people. He said, I'm going to go, guys. I've got to leave. Again, think about it in small context, and then we can think about it in a bigger context. But think about it in that place as he's talking to his disciples. I've got to go. It's coming real close. I'm going to be leaving the disciples. I'm going to be leaving you. And then we look at and we step back and look at the bigger picture. I've got to go. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I think we can look at this in two ways. We can look at he's going to the cross to prepare a place for us, to prepare a way to heaven, okay? He's going to the cross to prepare us a way. The second way is... He's going to go to heaven from there and prepare us a home, a place to stay when this life is over. So I think he's got two, two things in mind there. I've read these verses probably at every funeral I ever do. I read these at my dad's funeral. Such, such comforting verses to know that he's preparing a place. He's getting it ready. That he's prepared a place through the cross. That he's preparing that place still today as he builds and, and masters it and puts it all together. And he says, if I go and make a place, I'm going to come back and get you. I'm going to come back. I'm coming back. And guys, let me tell you that today as we start 2014. I don't know if this will be the year. You know, we all say we're in the last days, and I understand that. But you know what? We also talked this morning in Sunday school class how we serve a merciful God and a patient God. To him, it might be a thousand more years. I don't know. But I do know that he's preparing that place, and he's getting it ready. And he is coming back. He is coming back. And our, our part of it is to be ready, to be ready. When that horn sounds and that trumpet sh- sounds and the, the angel shouts and he steps out on those clouds and he calls his loved ones home and we're just going to be out of here. In a blink of an eye, the Bible says, in a twinkle, in a blink of an eye, it's going to be over. We're going to be home. That's, that's pressing on, press on, keep on pressing on. I know the cross is heavy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? They're still trying. To, and guys, listen to me. We still don't really understand God. Amen. I mean, we, these guys, we, they ran around with him and they were there and listened to his teaching. They sat at his feet. They saw him do, do incredible miracles. They see him just touch a guy's eyes and he could see. And they, told, they watched him just walk to a grave and say, Lazarus, come out. And here come Lazarus walking out. I mean, The things that they've seen is just incredible But then when you get in the deeper rooted stuff of christ, they're still saying lord, we just we still don't quite get it And I think there's a lot of times in our life Lord, why does it have to be hard? Lord, why doesn't justice come when it should lord? Why does people get sick and why does my friends have cancer and they have children and and lord? Why is it so hard? Why why does families break up and and why does? All these crazy things have to happen. Why, why, why? Lord, I don't understand. We're, we're just like Thomas. Lord, we don't understand. Can you, can you explain to us how it's supposed to work? And he does over and over. And we still in our hearts and in our hearts and our minds, it, it's hard for us to wrap around. And so we can't sit here and say, man, how comes Thomas couldn't understand? He was right there with Jesus. You know, we kind of like to say, if that would have been me, you know, we'd have been like Peter. We'd have been shouting out, oh, I'll die for you, Lord. And guys, in their very next breath, the Lord tells us, just like he told Peter, you're going to deny me for the day he's over with. And it's something the way we are. And it's something the way we are. He's told us and showed us over and over and over and over, my way is the right way. My way is the good way. My way is the way, the truth, and the life. Just trust me. Trust me. Even though the world's crazy, even though there's heartaches, even though there's people hurting, just trust me. I'm working in and around and through all the curse of this world, and I'm going to bring life out of this world if you'll just follow me, if you'll just follow me. Mercy. Jesus said, or answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him this this verse number six underline that if it's not underlined in your Bible if you underline in your Bible this is probably the most important verse in the whole world I think because I think people think there's a whole bunch of ways to heaven well there's a lot of religions brother Todd and you'll hear this yourself at work in different places well there's a lot of religions aren't aren't they all trying to go to the same place now, listen, they may all be trying to go the same place. But we've got to remember, there's only one way to get there. And now, a lot of people watching on TV and all those things, and people we talk to, well, that's kind of narrow-minded, isn't it? Are you saying your church has the only way? No, nope, nope, nope. Don't hear it like that. The Bible says there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, salvation is not about a way, it's about a person. Christianity is not about a religion, it's about Christ. And it's all wrapped up in him. It's all about him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And as I've said before, I love this verse because I don't have to guess how to get to heaven. How would you like to work your whole life thinking you had, was on the way to heaven and you did a lot of good things and you did some money to charity and, and you, you just hope someday you get to go to heaven? Guys, listen to me. I don't want a hope so religion. I don't want a hope so heaven. I don't want a hope so eternity. I want to know. The Bible says I can know. The Bible says I can know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one, no man, nobody comes to the Father except through me. I've used this illustration before. It's like God in heaven's up here on a hill, and the world wants to say there's a whole bunch of roads up the hill to him. Guys, there's not. There's only one path up the hill, and it goes right through the cross. It goes right through the blood of Jesus and right through Jesus Christ himself, and that's the way you get to heaven. Don't don't guess. Don't hope so. Don't keep thinking you know the way to heaven here. He, he just he just obliterates all that He takes all the guesswork out of it. He says you want to know how to go to heaven? Here's the way right here number one. No other way is through jesus christ And that helps that helps me That helps me to talk to someone when I tell them about jesus. I can tell them the right way eddie. I can tell them the right way I'm, not telling them here's a way. Here's a here's the way. I guess it is Here's a way I hope you can get to heaven. I can give them a ticket to heaven through Jesus Christ. That's sweet. That's sweet. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you you do know him and have seen him. And Jesus is just saying right there, I'm man, but I'm also God. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father because I'm, 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 I'm one with him. We are on the same page. We move in perfect coordination. We are all about bringing people to Jesus. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they work together to bring people to know Jesus Christ. I don't understand all the Trinity. I don't understand how to explain it to people. Even the commentary said, we'll never be able to understand all this, but I knew this, I do know this, that God and the Son and the Spirit are working together in perfect harmony three in one to bring people and mankind to jesus christ and that's their main goal that's their only goal is that people will know jesus and to give us comfort and peace verse 9 jesus said don't you know me philip i'm sorry i skipped one philip said lord show us the father and that will be enough how many times have you prayed lord why are you doing this How many times have you doubted, God, why why is this going on? It's just like you just said with Philip, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough. Lord, show me you're going to show up and that'll be enough. You know what the thing is about us, though? It's never enough. How come it's never enough that God proves himself to us over and over and over and over and over again? It's never enough. We always want him to prove himself again and again and again and and listen He's there for you. Don't get me wrong. He's there to take care of you He's there to hear your prayers and every battle that you face. Don't get me wrong, but guys listen to me He don't need to step up and prove himself over and over and over and over again to us He is God. He has brought his son down in this world to save us He has died for us. Jesus Christ has his father raised him on the third day. He brought him back to heaven He sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost to take care of us and he does not have to keep preaching proving himself, he's going to keep his promises. He's going to keep his promises. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, can you hear him saying that to you today? Don't you know me, Gary? Todd, don't, don't you know me? Paul Goble, don't you know me? Don't you know me? Even if I've been around you and you've been with me such a long time, don't you know me by now? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. If you can't grasp the bigness of God, if you can't grasp the bigness of the Son and the Holy Spirit, just look at the works they've done. There's evidence there. When you go to court, they're going to bring evidence toward you. You If you're guilty, they're going to bring evidence. They're going to show you the evidence, and that should lead toward a guilty or non-guilty. All right? Here Jesus said, look at the works. Look at the evidence that I've done for you. Look at these things over and over and over. Is that not enough? Verse 11, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Whoo, there's that verse. There's that verse they love. I can just pray anything I want and you'll do it. There's a whole lot more to that verse than that, okay? We all love that verse because we love to say, well, hey, all you got to do is just pray it and it's going to happen. But you got to read the verses before it. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Oh, here we go. How can I know that God will answer my prayers is if what I'm wanting will glorify the Son. If what I'm wanting will glorify God, then I can pray it in Jesus' name. Here's the way we like to pray it. Lord, I want this, 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 and this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Y'all ever prayed that before? I'd like to have this, this, and this, and this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's not the way it works. What the deal is, guys, is we get up so close to God, and we get so close to Christ... And we get so full of the Spirit that we understand the heart of Jesus Christ. We understand the heart of God, and we understand that his heart is that he's not willing that any should perish, and we understand his heart is to bring light into a dark world, and we understand that his heart is to reach out to people that nobody else will reach out to, and we get so close to him, and we can hear it. We can hear him talk to us. We understand his will, and we get closer and closer, and then all of a sudden, his thoughts become our thoughts, and his ways become our ways, and his prayers become our prayers, and when we pray Him, we pray, Lord, this is what your wanting and this is what i pray for and i can pray that in your name because you will be glorified and that's when he'll answer that prayer that's when he answers that prayer isn't that something this is not a this is not a a fairy godmother prayer people want to tell you today that this is a fairy godmother prayer you just say just wave your wand over it say in jesus name and it happens but i'm telling you there's a lot more required of us To pray in Jesus' name. You know, sometimes we're not worthy to pray in Jesus' name because we're not close enough to know what his name and what he's wanting is. We're not close enough to know his will. He wants to know. He wants us to hear him. He wants our heart to be like his heart. He wants our heart to know what his heart's thinking, and he wants our hearts to move in unison. He wants us to become part of what he is about. That's big. That's big. Let's move on. Now, here's another problem. We live in a troubled world. These disciples were troubled. They couldn't understand why Jesus said, I've got to leave. They're trying to grasp it. He said, I'm going to, be, I'm going to lay down my life, and they're, underst- they're trying to grasp it, but they don't understand it all. Just like we're trying to understand what God's doing in our life and how he's working. And, and we go back to Romans eight twenty eight that he's working all things together for the good to him that loved the Lord. And we can't understand the good right now because we can't see it. But I'm telling you, way back in the background, God is orchestrating something incredible. And he's bringing something good into your life because he's working in all to bring together all good to all men that believe in him. So we've got to wait and we've got to be patient. And none of us like that. Amen or oh We don't like to be patient. But God says, I need you to wait. I need you to wait. Now he promises something else to get us through. If you love me, keep my commands. We kind of talked about that Sunday night. You know, if, if being a Christian, and this is what we said Sunday night, if being a Christian was just wearing a cross necklace or wearing some cross earrings, or, or I'm going to go to Lifeway and get me a, a Christian T-shirt, I'm going to wear them every day to school, or I'm going to wear them to work and let everybody know, hey, i Look at, my, look at my Christian t-shirt. If that was what being a Christian was about, anybody could do that. You got 20 bucks, you can go buy you a t-shirt, boom, you're a Christian. Guys, it's much more than that. If you love me, if you're mine, you're going to keep my commandments. What did he say the commandments was? I give you a new commandment. The love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then he went a step further, and I want you to love your enemies. He just upped the goal a whole bunch. He just upped the standard a whole lot, didn't he? All of a sudden, my t-shirt ain't going to get that done. It's how I act. It's what I do. It's what I say. It's how I love people. It's how I take care of people. It's how I show them God's love. That's the way that I'll know I'm his. If I do what he asks me to do, if I love the way he, he asks me to love, then I'll know that I'm his. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Mm. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost would be not far away. We had the cross. We had the resurrection. We had a little time with Jesus. He ascended into heaven. Not long after that, Pentecost came, and the Holy Spirit was brought into this earth. Let's read about that. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. People that are lost, people that have never known Jesus as their Savior can understand this Holy Spirit thing. It's like, woo it's out there. We understand it because he draws us. And these people, if they will understand, if they will love Christ and let him speak to them, he will draw them to him through the Holy Spirit. And they will begin to see the light. The light will come on. There's a lot, of, a lot of people out there in the world that's living in a dark room. It's dark, and they're bumping into things, and they're bumping into things, and they're bumping into things. If you know Jesus, the light's been flipped on. Doesn't make it perfect, but we can see a whole lot better than when we're trying to bump around the dark. And that's why they don't understand it. They don't see it. They don't get it. It's our job to live in a way that they see the light. Not in us, but to glorify God. So they can see God, and they can understand, and they can start to feel the Spirit moving and drawing them to Christ. Because the Bible says that no one can come to the Father unless they are drawn by the Spirit. They must must get a grasp of the Spirit. And Jesus said, there's some things going on here. But you know him, for he lives within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus didn't walk out the door that day and into heaven. He said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you someone else, someone that you can do greater things with. Now, you say, wait a minute. How can things be greater than when Jesus was here? What happened on the day of Pentecost? 3,000 souls came to know Jesus. That's a greater thing to him. That was a greater thing to Jesus because he made that possible. He opened that way. But that was a greater thing. Yes, the disciples did healing and things like that In, in Acts. You'll see that. But when they led souls to to, to Christ, 3,000 souls, because the Holy Spirit drew them in and they were saved. He said, that's even greater. That's greater. You see his heart. It's about others. It's about others coming to know Christ. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, the day of Pentecost... You will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Now, that's a kind of a, that's a tough verse. Let me read it one more time. On that day, you will realize that I am in in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. How can can I be in Christ, and then how can he be in me? Now, the old illustration for that is a hot poker in a fire, okay? The poker is in the fire, but also the fire is in the poker, how do I know that? When I take the poker out and touch Gary, I'm gonna, he's going to go, woo, that's hot, all right? So the old illustration for that is the poker's in the fire, but the fire's also in the poker. But Jesus takes this to another level. Let me read it here. Christ is in the believer in the sense that his life is communicated to him. He actually dwells in the believer through the Holy Spirit. Now, when we are saved, back in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit kind of came and went, okay? It said it would dwell with men, and then it didn't dwell with men. Okay, it was different. But when the Holy Spirit came to this earth on Pentecost, he began to indwell people, all right? When you're saved, the day you're saved, the Holy Spirit moves in and he dwells in you. He lives within you. And now God, because God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit are all three in one, he lives in you. Think about that just a minute. Think about the power that you have in you. This is the same power that made the lame to walk and the blind to see. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power lives in you you see how we live on 110 when we could be living on 220? Can you see that? We can be living a whole lot more powerful than we do, guys. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, and we choose not to even flip on the switch. We tend to wander around in our lostness, kind of, not lostness, lost from Christ, but just lost, like, where should I go? What should I do? Oh, God, why? Oh Oh, God, I don't understand. Live in the power of God. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. And then it says the believer is in Christ in the sense that he stands before God in all the merit of the person and work of Christ. Now, he's in us through the Holy Spirit. Someday we will stand in Christ. How will we do that? We'll stand before God the Father. And when he looks at us, he's not going to see us. Because we've accepted him and the Holy Spirit's moved in. He looks at us. Guess what? He sees the Son. We are living in Christ. He sees Jesus Christ. Standing before him. He sees the blood that covered our sins He sees the price that was paid and stamped on us paid in full and we stand before God the father in that great grace and he says Well done enter in Because this is your reward That's good That's good. That's what he wants to do for you and I that's the power we live in Why do we live such defeated lives? Why do Christians frown more than anybody else? I don't know Maybe it's been a bad day at church. Maybe the preacher preaches too long, and I do. But, you know, it's just, why should we be sad? We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Mm. It's going to be a good year, boys and girls. It's going to be a good year. I'm going to stop there. I'd like to keep going, but I'll just stop. And on that day that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Hmm. Isn't that something? And on that day, hmm, it's going to be good. Let me t- read you one more verse. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come, still my soul sings your praise unending, 10,000 years and then forevermore. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. Worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul. Worship his holy name. There's hope and trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. There's hope. I know it may look, you may be facing the biggest mountain of your life, and I understand that. But I'm telling you, we serve a big, big God, and everything, the Bible says, is under his feet. Everything is under his feet. He uses your troubles and your trials and your mountain, uh, mountains in front of you. It's a footstool to him because he is so much larger and so much huger and so much holier than anything that you'll ever face. Just get behind him and get in line and just stay right behind him, guys. Get up close to him and hear his heart. Hear him speak, and he will be there for you, and you can trust him in this new year, and he will give you what you need. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Hmm. Let's pray. Then, Father, we thank you for your message today. What comfort it is in your word. What comfort you turn right around and give to these disciples, Lord. They're still trying to figure it out. Peter's going to deny you in a few hours. And Lord, they're just feeling crushed. And you just come through with a ringing message of don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. It's okay. It's going to be all right just get up close to me and follow me and love and do the things that I do and I will be there with you and I'm going to send you some more help I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to be your advocate that you will understand me even more oh Lord how can we ever thank you for the way you've prepared for us Lord, you're preparing a home in heaven for us and we always think about that but Lord you've you prepared my day right today you prepared me to get to this point Through your death on the cross, your resurrection, through the Holy Spirit, you've been preparing us to get to this point. So, Lord, how can we think we're failures? How can we think that we've messed up? Lord, even though we've maybe went astray of our own way, you're standing right there saying, come on, come on, i prepared a way. And, Lord, we we want to follow you today. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are hurting this morning. I pray for those that are really facing big obstacles. And, Lord, I just pray that they will leave here comforted today and they won't be afraid because they serve a big, big God. Lord, help us this day as we just spend time with you in this quiet moment for just a few minutes. In your name we pray, amen.